Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Juliana Marulanda about effectively measuring and sustaining team performance. thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here. Yeah, I'm excited to have a chance to have a conversation with you today about performance management, team management. And we're really going to be talking about um, what it is about people management that sometimes managers, you know, get uptight about why they don't like it, um, some of the problems that might emerge, but then how can we effectively measure and sustain uh, higher levels of team performance? Because I think that's really what every organization wants, that's what every leader wants, that's what every team member wants, is they want to be in a high-performing uh, organization and a high-performing team. Uh, and there's lots of things we can do to make that happen, and there's lots of things we can avoid to, uh, to make that run more smoothly. As we get started today, I wanted to share Juliana's bio with everybody. Juliana Marulanda is a business operations expert, speaker, and the founder of Scale Time. With over 18 years of experience across Wall Street, the nonprofit sector, technology startups, and family-owned businesses, she has now served over 200-plus digital agencies. Featured on Forbes and Entrepreneur, she helps up-level businesses into lean, mean, profitable machines. On average, Juliana and her team create ways to free up at least 40 hours per week for her clients so they can have successful agencies that run without them. Uh, that's awesome. I love the operations and the process focus. Um, and as we were talking about in the pre-interview, you know, so much of the problems that come from people management often come in part at least and get ex exacerbated because of poor processes um, that, that just disrupt things and, and make things much harder than they need to be. So I, I'm excited for the discussion today. Anything else you want to share by way of background um, with the listeners? Um, yeah, just to say that, um, especially like if you're an owner or, or if you're recently put into a management position that you've never been like, I think my first management position was when I was 23. Um, and I look like I was 12. So that did not help my credibility. <laughs> and, and I, I was managing like 52 people, um, at a time. And, and I, and I remember the level of distress of like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea. Like, um, you know, it was, it was scary. It was crazy. Um, and, and for me, what I had found, right, like my whole MO was if I can, you know, hire better and train faster, then I can manage less. And, and that's really where, you know, my personal philosophy with systems and processes is that they really help to take a lot of the burden of management 
off your plate so that you can focus on performance as opposed to like the people issues. Will the people issues always arise? Yes, of course, because you know we're human. But you can really tackle a lot of the management by allowing your systems and processes to take care of that um, so that you can focus less on sort of um, what I call like the drama of things or the politicking of things or you know the the emotions of things, right? Because a lot of the the ill, I don't want to deal with this comes from the fact that, you know, it's difficult conversations, there's conflict, all of that. Um, but with good systems and processes, we can, I, I feel like we could tackle almost 80% of that. Yeah, yeah, I think I think a lot of that can be taken care of. And, we, and when I just think about the problems that arise due to poor processes, um, the frustrations, the anxieties, the stress, the miscommunications, you know, that, that can end up impacting workplace relationships, they can end up impacting performance. And so, you know, when I think about the, the conversations that have to happen around performance um, or issues within a team, often there's some sort of process component to it that if we, if we can just have better processes in place, um, then we can not only can we be more efficient, but we can actually reduce the number of friction points, you know, that produce the the problems that that people tend to have is imperfect people are butting up against each other within a workplace and in, inevitably things happen and, and people get frustrated they get annoyed they say things they do things they shouldn't uh and then you have to deal with it as a manager so mm -hmm. so so make processes better and you erase not all but a lot of those types of things and especially if you're constantly if you demonstrate to your team that you're constantly trying to improve processes make things more streamlined make things more efficient you, you're demonstrating to them that you value their time that you're not trying to waste their time that you're not trying to you don't want them to be doing busy work you know you're trying to take as much of that off their um, table as possible and they will appreciate it absolutely um and there's a stat i think it might be an I don't know if the stat has been revised. I know the stat was true like five years ago, but it was most people who are going to quit within the first year quit within the first three months. Right. And, and a lot of times people think it's due to, um, you know, people quit because of money, right? Like money is, is a huge deal, but it's, it's usually factors around, um, you know, reinforcement, positive reinforcement or negative reinforcement, you know, feedback, um, recognition, uh, visibility, knowing that you're part of a team, knowing that there's um, opportunities for growth. And, and if your processes don't allow to have these things visible, right, and then, you know, your employees and or contractors are living in obscurity, um, there's just so much uncertainty um, in the world right now. I mean, as there always is, sometimes more than others, but you know, if, if there's a security over what their role is or what their job is or what their workload is, um, it just doesn't give them the warm and fuzzies to want to stay in an organization where they can grow, right? And so creating processes that make performance invisible, um, you know, and I'll get into the practicalities of how do we do that tactically, but, you know, getting really visible so not only do managers know what's going on, but employees themselves know how they're doing, um, then that way they can truly self-select into an environment and a culture that is about performance. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Um, and and I think as as we continue the discussion today, like you said, we'll get more into the tactical elements of how we might approach that. What another thing that I wanted to talk about first 
is really this issue of managing by putting out fires. Um, it seems like a lot of leaders kind of spend most of their time running around like chickens with their heads cut off, just putting out fires. Um, and I get it, like if something urgent happens, then you need to respond to it, right? And you, you, you need to take care of your customers, you need to take care of your people. If there's a problem, you need to address it. But I think if, if, you, if you're one of those that find yourself um, basically spending 80% of your time every day or more putting out fires, um, I, I think you might want to rethink the way you're approaching your, your leadership of your team um, and what types of systems and processes are in place or not in place that could help reduce the fire mentality, you know, and actually allow you to spend more time doing the, the work of people management, more time doing the strategic work, more time, um, you know, reflecting on your team and how things can be improved. What are your thoughts about that and how, how we can improve that within an organization um, and a team? I actually have an exercise for my clients called the fire extinguisher. Um, and the reason why is because so many of them are in a reactive standpoint as opposed to a proactive standpoint. And, and sometimes there's just a lack of awareness of, of things that are happening repeatedly, right? Because you can be so in the weeds on things, right? And so like, it feels like things are coming at you almost like they're attacking you during the day. Like, oh crap, a client, you know, we've got a client fire, we've got a team fire, we've got, you know, a thing like, you know, something won't launch. Oh my God. Like, you know, now we've got a call, you know, whatever, um, you know, vendor application, um, whatnot. So the thing is like fires are going to happen no matter what. Right. But when we start to see something happen more than once, um, then it's our job to be proactive about it. Right. So it's, it's our job to say, okay, how do we diminish the impact of this in the future? Um, and, and I'm the type of person, like, if it happens once, I'm like, I'm never dealing with this again. <laughs> I'm like, that's it. Like something's happening. Someone else is dealing with it. Like, you know, um, and so in this exercise, I say, okay, like, what's the thing that actually happened? Right. Cause especially when there's fire, sometimes we get very emotional about it. Right. Like, especially like if it's a client or something, we'd be like, ah, right. Um, <laughs> this is like, what actually happened? What was the request? What was, you know, and sometimes it can be a repeatable thing. Um, I deal with a lot with digital marketers and it's a very common fire per se, but that actually isn't really a big fire. It's like um, a client's credit card doesn't work anymore. Right. So they can't continue their advertising, um, which is like not actually that big of a deal. Right. Cause how do you deal with that or proactively? It's like, okay, you get a second credit card on file. Um, <laughs> right. Like, um, you know, so we make sure that we do that. Like, we feedback loop that into the client onboarding. So, you know, so one of the things like, what's the thing that actually happened and then who can deal with it, right? Um, you know, who, who can be responsible for it so it's not the owner? Um, and then what's necessary to make that person responsible for it, right? Like, is there training, is there instructions? Like, like what do we need to do in order to empower that individual to be able to take care of that? Um, and then what are the communications that need to go out? Because usually with fires, there's some sort of initial communication, um, you know, whether it's an email, a phone call, um, you know, to, to the person or to something else, right? So a third party that's affecting the thing that's happening. So, you know, what's the communication that needs to happen? And you know, and for as much as you possibly can, um, how can we template that communication? Um, if, if, if at all possible, right? 
so not to the point where it's like robotic, but to the point of like, okay, that way I know that whoever's empowered to do this is going to do it in a way that I would do it anyway. Right. Um, yeah. and, and so, and so we have, you know, issues that are escalated and then, you know, issues that sometimes there's things that don't get escalated that should. Um, which then, you know, become almost like mini fires. Um, I've had clients come to me where they're like, oh man, my team isn't picking up on signals where um, clients actually want to be spending more, right? Clients actually want more services or they want more upsells or they, you know, and, and these things should be escalated to either an account manager or to the founder or to a salesperson and they're not, right? So how do we then look for trigger words around things that should be escalated? Um, cause it's, there's two sides of that pendulum. One where, um, you're losing money because you're being super reactive. Um, and then other times you're also losing money because people, um, don't know how to pick up the signals to react. Yeah, I, I think that's great. And, and I, I love having an activity where you can actually train people on putting out the, <laughs> the fire extinguisher. That, that's awesome. Um, and I think it's a mindset shift, largely. Um, mm -hmm. You just have a mindset shift about how you're going to proactively address the types of challenges that might come about. Uh, and I lo love how you mentioned the feedback loops. And obviously, there's things that emerge that we can't plan for. That, you know, Like, you, you go back in time, six months, there weren't many people mm -hmm. thinking that COVID was going to completely disrupt everything the way it did. Um, and, and so, you know, that's a big fire. It pops up, you have to deal with it. It kind of transforms a lot of things. Um, but those types of things are much more rare. The, the type of like, like a credit card mm -hmm. being declined because it's, it's, uh, expired. That's not a big deal. Like that those are the types of things that just happen all the time. And so you can plan for it. Um, and, and the list could go on and on and on and on. And so, yeah, there, there's no reason why we need to expend so much of our bandwidth over those types of issues, I think, um, which then frees up time for us to focus on other people management issues. And I know one of the things you focus a lot about, a lot on in your work is about the, um, the measuring of team performance. And I like to think about that in terms of sustainability too, because I think a lot of times we're too short-term oriented and we think, you know, I want higher, I want to increase my team performance this quarter. And so these are the metrics, these are the KPIs, and we're going to measure that. And we're going to see movement. And that's great. You know, let's, let's measure things. Let's understand where things are going. But short-term progress, while good, if, if it's done at the expense of long-term sustainability, that's bad. So we have to have a combination approach in how we uh, think about things. So tell me, you know, what, what are your thoughts in terms of, of, measurement of performance and, and how we can do that effectively and also how we connect that with the sustainability piece. Yeah, absolutely. There's sustainability and then there's also capability, right? Because depending on who we have doing the things, right, depending on how we're measuring, um, we might have people on the team that are, um, that have tons of capability. Um, you know, or you might have someone who's super green, or you might have someone that you're training from scratch, right? And so given those things, um, there's going to be different types of metrics for their individual performance. Um, now I'm going to put that sentence to the side for a second and then kind of couch this as, um, a lot of the times when people are thinking about KPIs, right? Or, or individual or OKRs or whatever you subscribe to, um, 
they're I like to think about it as in a almost like like a triangular format, right? Like at the very top is your business. What is it that you're trying to do for the business? Um, are you in acquisition mode, right? Like are you basically trying to get as many clients as possible? Um, or do you have your marketing channel set and now you're really trying to retain clients? Um, you know, are you in a massive hiring spree and you know you're growing very, very quickly? Um, so we need to figure out, okay, how do we maintain culture and sustainability um, during this part, right? So, so thinking about where are you in the maturity of your business, what are the goals of the business? And that will really influence and impact the rest of the individual performance, right? Because if you're not hiring, right, there's probably not going to be any real hiring KPIs or anything like around talent. Um, you know, they might be performance of your current team, but we don't have any sort of growth things right now. So just kind of really thinking about it because sometimes um, the discussion around metrics can get very hairy. Um, and, and I think it's really about first distinguishing what do you want the business to do in the next year, right? And then breaking the, that down by quarter. And knowing that, I, I often say that uh, business years almost happen like dog years because <laughs> things change so quickly. Um, so 20 years ago, you might be like, okay, we've got our business plan and then we're going to match this for the next, you know, 10 years exactly as it is. And nowadays you really have to review things almost, you know, monthly, if not weekly. So, so having that in mind and, and let's just say, okay, we really want to, you know, we, we want revenue growth right now. Um, and, and we can probably have a team of X amount for, for a little bit, right? Let's say for this year, we're probably not going to do any massive hiring. Um, we've got a team. Okay, cool. So then what are the team members doing? Um, you know, in terms of what are they delivering and what type of team members that you have, right? So you might have salespeople, you've got, you know, people doing some sort of production or delivering your product or service. Um, you may or may not have, you know, a few people who are doing management, right? And so how is everyone contributing to the overall business goals? Because I think where people get into busy work um, is where there's a lack of alignment between what the business is doing and what people are doing. Right. And sometimes that, you know, sometimes that could be attributed to like founderitis um, and founder, you know, founders like are like, oh, here's a shiny new thing. And we're going to go after this thing, but it has nothing to do with our goals um, because sometimes that happens. And, and so really having a place to check um, new initiatives. Right. Um, I, I often like to tell my clients to create a change board in their project management system. So if there are new initiatives, um, the team can see, okay, are these initiatives really going to um, be able to affect our overall business goals, right? Um, so, so we've got a little bit of a check and balance because sometimes the founders and the owners are like the worst offenders of not having, um, you know, clear alignment between the business goals and what everyone's doing, right? Like everyone's kind yeah. of like, going on their way and they got their workflows and then the client's like, I'm going to pull resources to this thing that has nothing to do with anything. Um, and my clients uh, yeah, I, I see that happen so often. Uh, and I think I, there's, there's probably a lot of reasons why that does occur, but the shiny object-itis or whatever you yeah. termed it, like it's, it's a common thing. And, and so we have to, we have to assure alignment in purpose and activities with the mission of the organization at all levels and that includes the ceo that includes the board <laughs> oh my <laughs> because God. sometimes they everybody. yeah absolutely 
Yeah. And, and so we, so we have, um, you know, a place to, to kind of put all those initiatives and really check them, like, you know, and, and prioritize them. You know, do we have the resources to do this? Do we have the money? Is the ROI there? Are we aligned with our goals for the quarter and the year? Um, cause sometimes it can be just totally off the rails and sometimes it's a great thing that is aligned. Okay. We're going to make space for this, um, in everybody's workflow, but we're not going to burn people out for something that is, um, like a vanity project. So, all right. Yeah. So, so I say that just in alignment because there, there's a huge hiccup, um, in that alignment between the business goals and the people's individual performance goals, um, which affect their workflow. So then when we're taking a look at people's individuals performance goals, um, the, the idea of having some sort of, um, and I really like quarterly, um, you know, sort of progress, uh, where we're able to, to track, um, you know, performance evaluations for lack of a better term, right? People will then make it fun and make it happier. And, you know, it's like the performance happy hour or, <laughs> However you want to make it so it doesn't feel as like corporate or, or, you know, or infringement. But what's cool is that if you have a performance um, sort of track where the employee um, and the employers, right, and or managers or whoever buy into together, right, it's that's I've seen that sort of collaboration be really amazing. Because it's like, hey, what do you want to work on? Hey, what do I think you need to work on, both quantitative and qualitatively? You know, what are the targets that we're going to hit? What are the strategies that we're going to use to hit those targets? Um, you know, this is what we've got in place. And then let's check in. Um, you know, then we have either monthly check-ins with the individual. Um, and, you know, and then maybe we even, especially for smaller teams, have scorecards that are um, more weekly you know, that are metrics based to hit those targets of those performance evals that are feeding into your overall business goals. Um, then the person feels like one, they have a plan Two, they're on track. They can, they can self-correct when they're not hitting targets. So you don't have to manage as much. Um, we have information flow and data going up instead of down. And what I mean by that is that the employee is like putting stuff into a scorecard. You know, they're making sure that they're like, okay, I have X amount of projects to complete, or I've got X amount of targets to do, um, you know, how am I doing? And if they're not doing well, then, you know, then they have options, right? Like they can ask for help. They can, you know, lean on their colleagues. They can, they can figure something out in terms of getting them the capabilities that they need to hit those targets. Um, and, and they can self-evaluate. So there isn't this, muckiness of like, I don't know what's going on. Um, right. Cause everything's super transparent and now we've got feedback loops. And if you're doing this on a quarterly basis, then you can really check, okay, how are my people performing? And then how are my overall business goals performing? You know, are we in alignment? You know, and sometimes it's like, Oh crap, these performance goals were not great. <laughs> like it happens. Right. And so you can adjust and you're not waiting an entire year to one, figure out how people are doing you know, and two, figure out even what people are doing. So, so that way we can create visibility. And then you've got your weekly meetings, whether, you know, all sorts of things, right? Whether they're standups or scrums or just, you know, team meetings um, where we can troubleshoot to make sure that everyone's meeting their goals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you raised some really important points there and, and gave some really good tips and advice. 
uh, I completely agree uh, with what you said. And I, I, you know, we could go on and on with this because there's actually, this is a really important topic. Um, there's a lot of depth here. Um, unfortunately, we're about out of time. So um, perhaps I can have you back on soon so we can continue the discussion. Uh, but before we leave today, uh, I just wanted to give you the last word, give you a chance to share with uh, listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about what you and your business are doing and what they, you can do for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you go to Scale Time, you can sign up for a newsletter. Uh, we do tons of conversations around, you know, different types of processes, everything from sales process to client onboarding to project management um, to, you know, hiring and team onboarding and training. Um, you know, we we oftentimes, you know, we'll, we'll have like, you know, tech hacks and tips and tools and, and ways to do things where you feel like you have no time to do anything. Uh, you know, we, we find ways to make things really, really efficient. So um, newsletter is a great way to kind of keep connected. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn at Juliana Morlanda and I'd love to share with you guys um, a project management checklist. And I think when it comes to, as I mentioned, you know, uh, project management, I, I often think of it as the culmination of so much of what gets mucky uh, when it comes to people management, because if we've got good visibility, if we've got visibility into people's workflows, into what they're doing, into how they're doing it, into who's doing what and how much, um, then the transparency is really, really, really good. And, and it's one of those things that really allows businesses to scale. Um, so I will um, send that off to you. It's a bit.ly link, uh, project management is short, checklist, um, MGMT. And I wish you all good luck in your scaling um, and managing. And I'm definitely here for anyone who wants to think about, okay, how do we get the business to the next level? Um, and, and how do we utilize systems, processes, and performance to do that? Wonderful. Juliana, it has been a real pleasure talking with you today. I hope we can do this again soon. I'll put that bit.ly link in the show notes um, so listeners can access it really easily. And I, I hope that, um, uh, that listeners will reach out to Juliana, get connected on LinkedIn, find out more about what she can do for you. Um, and as always, I hope everyone continues to stay healthy and safe. I hope everyone can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope we all have a great week. Thank you. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly 
LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.